No one has bigger dreams than Nacho. When you are a man, sometimes you wear stretchy pants. He's for fun. But to become a champion, I would like that kind of respect. He'll need strength, speed, and style. <laughs> the orphans, they need me. He'll become their hero. From the director of Napoleon Dynamite and the writer of School of Rock, Jack Black. Natural Libre. We have made it to episode 10 of the Bad Movies, Worst Opinions podcast, where we believe that everybody has their favorite bad movie. We only watch movies that are a 6.0 or less on IMDb. If you're subscribed, do us a favor, leave us a review. Actually, write us a review. We only got three reviews on this thing, Rob. We need more people to write us a review. Bad Movies, Worst Opinions podcast. Are all three reviews good, though? I no, get they the, are oh, positive. Oh, we good. just need more people to give us a review, so please do that. For episode 10, we have invited John Kurtz. Kurtz, we have invited you on the podcast for like six consecutive weeks. You have finally agreed to do Nacho <laughs> Libre. Before we get into the particulars, who picked this movie? Was it you, Kurtz? Who picked Nacho Libre? Because none of us liked Nacho Libre. Who picked this movie? It is a terrible movie. I will say I probably was the one that picked it because you came to me and said, hey, let's do something like right after Cinco de Mayo. And I was like, oh, I got the film. I know this movie's bad. It fits the criteria. Boom, here we go. So I guess I'm technically the one. So we're doing Nacho Libre today. The release date, June 16th of 2006. You can watch this movie right now on Paramount Plus. This movie has a 5.8 rating on IMDb with over 90,000 votes. The plot, berated all his life by those around him, a monk follows his dream, dons a mask to moonlight as a luchador. The cast is Jack Black. He is Ignacio slash Nacho Libre. Ana de Reguera, she is Sister Incarcion. She is the nun. And Hector Jimenez, he is Steven Esquilito. He is Ignacio's tag team partner. This movie cost $35 million to make, made $99.3 million in the box office. This goes to show you the power of Jack Black during this time. For this movie to almost triple up. At the box office, John, what a win for Nacho Libre. I was just going to say, uh, th like, this is just all Jack Black. Like, that is peak Jack Black because I don't, I don't really know what redeeming value there is in this outside of him. And, I mean, he was hot at the time. What did you say, like 2006? 2006, June 16th of 2006. Yeah, man. I mean, I, listen, I'm okay with Jack Black. I'm not going to be a Jack Black hater necessarily, but, like, I don't know. This was just like Jack Black's Napoleon Dynamite, which was way worse than actual Napoleon Dynamite. You mentioned Napoleon Dynamite. This is a worse version of Napoleon Dynamite. Same director. The okay, exact yeah. same director as Napoleon Dynamite. So if you're watching this movie and thinking to yourself, this has a very Napoleon Dynamite feel, it's because the same director is who actually did Napoleon Dynamite. This might be my favorite box office that we've ever done. Listen to the box office this week. First week for Nacho Libre. Cars, number one. Great movie, by the way. Nacho Libre debuts at number two, $28 million. Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift is mm. number three. Love that one. The Lake House is number four. 
The Breakup, number five. Those are the top five movies. Do you get more mid-2000s than the box office I just gave you there? This was your box office weekend outside Nacho Libra. You love, love The Breakup, and love you the, love Tokyo Dream. I love all of these movies, actually. <laughs> I love all of these movies. You know how every kid has a movie. My sister's movie is Cars. Life is a Highway. Mm. So when she was growing up, she is in peak, I have my favorite movie phase. This is my favorite box office that we've had so far. I mean, I think this is, let's just start with this before we really get into the plot of the movie. All three of us agree. This is Napoleon Dynamite done incredibly worse. Mm -hmm. I love Napoleon Dynamite. Hilarious, funny movie. And I'm sure there's some people listening that love Nacho Libre the way that I love Napoleon Dynamite. This movie did not hit for me. This movie did not work for me. I did not find this movie funny. I do not think this movie is rewatchable. I think this is the worst movie that we've done so far. I know Mac and Devin go to high school is a little bit different. That was a bonus, but that's not even a re This is a major motion picture with a $35 million budget. This is the worst movie we've done so far. I mean, to me, it was, it was bad enough that I, I started questioning whether or not I still like Napoleon Dynamite. I was like, I'm going to have to go back and watch Napoleon Dynamite just to make sure that, like, I'm still cool with that. Because I loved that movie when it came out. But this was just, I mean, it's just so off. And, like, Jack Black pretending to be a luchador guy. I mean, what a way to celebrate Cinco de Mayo, Rob. You really crushed mm -hmm. it by uh, getting Jack Black pretending to be uh, Hispanic. Napoleon Dynamite never hit for me. That was never a movie that, like, that, that style of humor has just never resonated with me. So whatever the terminology you use for the Napoleon Dynamite style of humor, when I saw that movie, I was like, Okay, so this was worse, having now seen it as an adult, been like, oh, this is worse. Also, while we're sitting in the overview area, this movie cannot get made in 2023 because Jack Black, a white man, cannot play a Hispanic man. That that would not, no studio is greenlighting that in 2023. I don't disagree with you, but to the point about Napoleon Dynamite, like, there's a certain charm and rewatchability, and even, like, quotable. Like, it's still quotable to the day. Like, if you say vote for Pedro... People our age, mid-30s, know exactly what you're talking about. The tater tots in the pocket. Like, there were certain quotable, memorable scenes. What's the biggest quote from this? Is it is it stretchy pants? Like, what's the line from this movie that's lived all of these years? And I'm thinking to myself, like, outside of when he says he's going to announce that his name is Nacho Libre, is that the most iconic part? And that's just saying the title of the movie. That's not like a, oh, you got to really dig deep to find this one. It does not have a cult, it does have a cult classic vibe, but it, it doesn't have that moment like, oh, that, that, that was cool. That happened. It just didn't hit with me at all. I don't even know if it has that, John, because I mean, you and I are from the same era. We're all around the same age. Kids were wearing Napoleon Dynamite T-shirts during this time. Like, you were cool to have a Vote for Pedro shirt. When do you see people wearing Nacho Libre apparel? Like, this movie hasn't held up, doesn't have near the nostalgia or cult classic. It's around the same time. Napoleon Dynamite still holds up. I don't think this movie holds up at all. Well, there's just, it, like, there's no memorable characters, really, I feel like. I mean, Napoleon, it's like Uncle Rico, man. Like, I, there were guys, we'd be walking around school like, hey, remember back in the day, I could throw the pigskin a quarter mile. You know I mean? You got quotables from... All the like peripheral characters in here, it's just kind of like, I mean, you know, the sidekick guy, I guess, is all right. The, honestly, my favorite character in the whole movie is the little chubby kid. <laughs> that's that, he's, that's he my actually, favorite character in the whole movie. That was the only one that I was really like, all right, I can rock with him, but the rest of it. The movie starts off with our heroes slinging slop at the monastery. We are in a classroom when the attractive nun enters and now takes over the class. Nacho Libre is trying to mack on the new nun when the other priest comes in and cot blocks and sends him on a mission to see a sickly old man. There is a man sick with influenza. I need for you to pay him a visit. What was the purpose of the player-hater other nun? Like, what was his purpose? 
You know, I mean, the monk guy that just nonstop was hating. Like, they never really developed his character. They never really explained why he didn't like Ignacio, why he didn't like Nacho Libre. Like, I get it. Maybe you needed him to, like, fuel him to eventually want to go get wrestling. But I feel like this was a character and a dynamic that you maybe could have explored and created more of a villain in the movie. And he only really pops up two or three times in the entire film. Yeah, actually, when the movie starts and that film happens, I think, oh, okay, I get what we're going to do here. We're going to have, he's going to be the person who, pushes Ignacio down to try to make himself look better and that's like I mean the love triangle and then she's gonna find out that he's the luchador I I was like I can see what they're kind of trying to do here like try to telegraph what's happening but then he just kind of vanishes out of the story until he pops back up for no rhyme or reason then vanishes out of the story again also in this film this scene why is he putting the coins on that dead man's eyes can someone explain that to me (laughs) I don't know I got nothing. I mean, I just assumed, <laughs> I just assumed that was like something everybody else knew that I didn't know. I, I have no idea on that front. There should be a rivalry there. There should be like a pull, a push and pull, like a give and take with all that. And he just never, which honestly, that would have made it more entertaining. I'd be here to watch that. I'd watch those two compete over her. Our hero Ignacio gets sneak attack for some tortilla chips. And he sees the local wrestler who has all the girlies. He sees a sign. He enters the wrestling competition for $200. He meets up with the nun for a late night toast snack. I was wondering if you would like to join me in my quarters this night for some toast. And the two start to learn more about each other. He tells her his dream about becoming a luchador, but she doesn't approve and says that he is a false idol. Today, I saw a man in town. People were throwing daisies at him and giving him goodies. Sometimes I would like that kind of respect. Who was this man? Well, to tell you the truth, he was a luchador. Wrestling is ungodly, Ignacio. People cheer for him, but he is a false idol. I actually like what they were doing with the nun storyline. Now, I think the nun storyline works out because that woman is incredibly attractive. So you're like, oh, I, I see why. Mm-hmm. I see why you're trying to get with her. And but- she has like the pure heart type deal where she de- genuinely cares about the kids. And like, she's always like, hey, I want the best for the, you know, the convent or whatever. So I, that's where that works. I agree. There's only three main characters in this movie. It's the nun and the two wrestlers. I liked her storyline. Now, I don't know if there's a way to really expand on her character because her character wasn't very funny. Like, part of it is the pursuit, the back and forth. But I do like what they tried to do with the nun character. We are in this monastery. We're supposed to uphold these values. I uphold these, and I take them very seriously, and I hope that you do too. But obviously, Nacho Libre has different goals, and he wants to be Rey Mysterio Jr. Yeah, I... I just, my my thing with the nun, my frustration there was I feel like, and this is jumping ahead a little bit, but she kind of was just with it and gave in too easy. Like, I, I feel like he didn't have to work as hard as he probably should have, especially considering all the, you know, I mean, he has the move later on where he tries to beat the dudes up or whatever and gets jumped. Like, he should have had to work harder. She's just kind of, like, cool with it. One thing I will shout out Ignacio for is, like, what a baller move to just show up at, like, 11 o'clock at night and slide toast under the door, man. He already got shut down. And he's coming in hot with some toast under the door, and she was she was with it, which also surprised me. This is like the first moment, again, like 10 minutes in the movie, I'm like, oh, the humor's not going to hit for me in this at all. Because I assume they use toast as like the, it's so silly and goofy and dumb, like who would ever invite someone for late night toast? I think they were trying to be funny with the toast thing. I was like, 
what? No one can, no one wants no one likes toast this much. <laughs> no one wants toast in the evening. And if you did the toast slide on the door move, she wouldn't have noticed it like it's you're sliding a note through a window or something. The, the toast moment is I'm like people I bet think that's funny and it did not move me in the least. I wanted there to be a love triangle here. Like I think this movie is better if they can narrow the story down where Nacho Libre and the other monk are fighting over the nun. Like, I think that would have been a little better storyline. It goes to what we were just talking about with the ability to develop a rival and not just, hey, I'm not trying to beat the guy in the gold mask. I'm not just trying to beat him. I also have this rivalry inside of our monastery. They just never really did anything with that storyline. Back at the Brotherhood, Ignacio was still serving up slop. What was that that he was serving to those kids? Because that looked terrible. Was it supposed to be chili? I just imagine it was supposed to be chili based on the color and the heat, you presume, because it's hot goo, I guess? Well, like, at one point, it looked like he was just stirring up, like, some lettuce or, like, an artichoke or something and, like, mayonnaise. I mean, that's what it, that's <laughs> what what it looked like to me. He was just, like, mixing that up. I, I have no idea what that It was. looked like gruel. Just looked it looked so bad. Porridge. It was terrible looking. The other priest confronts him, and he storms off. It's off to compete in the WWE. When you are a man, sometimes you wear stretchy pants in your room. It's for fun. Don't worry. I won't tell nobody. But first, he's got an old score to settle. It's off to fight the chip thief. They then team up to become tag team champions of the world. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Deep Generation X proudly brings to you its WWF. Tag Team Champions of the World! The Road Dog, Jesse James! The Badass, Billy Gunn! The New Age And then we get a training montage. At this training montage is when I knew this movie was not for me. Because that whole training montage was designed to make us laugh. Every part about it, there's bees, they're hitting each other with bow and arrows and... This whole training montage was designed for you to be in the theater and give a hearty laugh. I knew when I didn't laugh at this training montage, at that moment, if I wasn't watching the movie for the podcast, I would have ejected. I would have been like, nope, this movie, this ain't for me. I've tried. I've given it 15 minutes. At this point, I remember I checked the, the timer. It was 16 minutes into the movie. I was ready to eject right here at the training montage. First off, I think that this is one of the problems with this movie. Everything seems rushed. The fact that we're at wrestling training montage 16 minutes in, we haven't developed any character. Nothing has happened other than Jack Black got some chips stolen, and now he's best friends with the guy. So that's first and foremost. I do have my first fun fact here, though. Okay, here we go. So during the filming of not just this scene, but the entire movie, Jack Black would do video confessionals that were available only on iTunes, and he would do it after a day of filming. One of the days filming was obviously the montage day. you got to film all of it one day. These little video confessionals he put on iTunes became the most popular podcast in America on iTunes at the time. Jack Black just could do no wrong. Let man. that sink in that people were logging onto iTunes to download a video confessional on one of them, but in their iPod Mini, to then watch Jack Black talk about the filming of Nacho Libre. Most popular pod. He was Joe Rogan before Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I, hey. Kurtz is beside himself. <laughs> Kurtz is like, these idiots. <laughs> like, what, what are we doing, man? Yeah, it's such a good point about the montage because. I remember thinking that too, like the the bees or wasps, whatever, start going at him. I just remember being like, that was the point where it hit me. Like this is supposed to be funny. Uh, the rest of the montage, I was kind of like iffy on that. I'm like, I'm supposed to be laughing right now, and I'm not laughing at all. And I did. There were three times, see dot, that I hit the pause button to be like, how much more of this do I have? And 
right around then had to be one of the first. Where I'm like, dude, I got an hour plus to go on this thing right now. It's opening night, and match one ends in a loss for the crew, which is a theme of the movie after Ignacio gets knocked out. But the crew is a success and is asked to come back next week. Nacho Libre is born. Fast forward to match two, and they are against these sort of evil Oompa Loompa characters that were kind of yeah. like part Oompa Loompa, part Vikings, demons. I wouldn't fuck with them. I don't want nothing to they do had, with uh, them. Well, it's like lion masks, or There's I don't know what was going, going on. on. The one bit his hair out, and they were, they were whooping them. Uh, so match two is against these evil Oompa Loompa characters, and again, what is the theme of the movie? Our heroes get absolutely smoked, but the other homie, Steven is out living his best life, and Ignacio is getting groceries for the monetary. This was another little bit of a... Like, there, I always tell Rob this. There's normally a good movie in most of these movies, like if you find it. I actually found the end, and we kind of skipping forward a little bit. When they kind of brought it full circle, well, this is what I'm wrestling for. Like, I am wrestling to try to better the lives of these little kids. I actually thought that was a good, compelling, heartfelt story that if the movie was redeemable in any way, that was going to be the redeeming factor. Like, why do you want to wrestle? It's more than just the fame. It's more than just being cool. Like, I'm doing this to try to provide for these little kids so they can stop eating this terrible porridge they've been given. Yeah. I, I, my question with the money, though, was always, how much are they actually getting for losing? Like, I mean, they really play that storyline up, right? Like, they're they're going out and he's buying the the fancy clothes. They're buying the fancy food. I just can't imagine that you'd be, I mean, think about where they're at. Like, I don't know specifically where it's at, but you, like some, you know, Latin country, like small town, like a little village, and you're going and showing up to a wrestling thing, and to lose, you're going to get paid enough for both of them to be out there balling like they were? I didn't, I didn't like that. That felt unrealistic to me. To your point about the, I actually agree with you. I feel like this was one of those times where I felt like, okay, I can see what the movie is trying to do. It basically was trying to be that Kevin James movie, which is also going to be on this podcast one day. Here comes the boom. You know, the more he becomes the UFC fighter. It's not a good movie, but it's like he's doing it to like make money for the school, for the kids, keep the music thing alive. That's the entire point of that movie. This movie did a sprinkling of that. Like it was like, oh, he cares about the kids at the monastery. That's cool. But he also cared about fame and he also cared about getting the girl. And then he also cared about like, you know, getting out of the monastery. It was like they tried to like jam like 17 storylines into one. They're like, let's see which one hits. None of them hit. I actually felt bettering the kids life one could have hit. They just, they didn't commit to it. Ignacio tells Esquilito that he has a, that he has feelings for the nuns and they devise a plan for him to take her out on a date get fake jumped, and win the fight. Did this make you laugh, Kurtz? Did the fake jumping make you laugh? No, and it was just it was so predictable, right? Like when he walks up to those first two guys, you're like, it's just completely telegraphed. You know exactly what's happening. This isn't going to be it, and then he's going to wind up getting beat up in front of the lady. Like I just way too predictable. Throw something. Give me some sort of a curveball in there. There was nothing, though. This scene did not make me laugh. Uh, this may have been made the first time I did it. I definitely hit pause and I'm like, "How how close to home are we? Are we <laughs> are, close to home? Are, are we are we going to be finished anytime soon? It's probably around the 40 45 minute mark. I'm like, all right, I'm halfway home. I can push through because we got to be entering like the big climax scene soon. But yeah, this scene where he gets fake jumped and it doesn't work and the girl's unimpressed but still somehow impressed with Ignacio. Just no, big no. They are on a date, and of course, he starts a fight with the wrong guys and gets an absolute beatdown. Hey! Can't you see this woman's a nun? And if you guys have a problem with that, well, you can just fight me. Ignacio is upset about the mix-up 
and he realizes that he's actually not good at the fighting, but Esquilito has a trainer who can get the pair right. They go meet a man in a boat who doesn't really teach them any fighting moves, yet has Nacho Libro go eat a raw egg to give him eagle powers. In order for you to become empowered by the eagle, you must climb that cliff. Find the egg. Crack open one of them. And then swallow the yolk. That's what you're saying to me. Is if I can eat this yolk, my moves will become the best in the whole world. Definitely. This does not give him eagle powers. This was the funniest part of the movie to me. This was the part that I actually laughed. Watching him go up into that little thing, hit the egg with the rock, and drink the yolk from it. I did laugh, and then when he loses the next fight, he's like, Daddy, give me eagle powers. I did laugh at this. I can't lie. I chuckled at this. I'm laughing now thinking about it. That was my favorite scene of the movie. Are you serious right now? I was, I was just about to <laughs> yeah, say, like, that, was, that to me was one of the more pointless parts of the movie. I'm like, what, what are we doing here with He this? thought that it was going to give him eagle powers is what he thought. It was really stupid. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was dumb. I also think fast forwarding like two minutes when it doesn't work. I also feel like he quits wrestling like way too easy. Like we haven't really developed him as like I know he's losing, but like he's not even kind of good at it though. Like, I know, but he like for something he tried out of hand, he quits and he you're are you supposed to care about him quitting? Like his little tag team partner is like, no, you got to keep doing it, and he's like, no, I am bad. You've done three matches. Who cares? And the eagle strength didn't work. The whole this whole like part, I was like, God, just get me, get me through the movie. I hate this movie so much. Well, let me let me throw this out there too. If you're gonna be committed to like, oh, I'm doing this for the betterment of the kids, and we love that storyline, and I'm gonna be this heroic figure, then keep losing and make the money. Like you had Exa- enough money exactly. to be buying all this stuff. Just go be, be that martyr. You're the guy that just goes and gets your ass kicked for the kids. But he wants to win. You're but disregarding that he wants to win. He only wants to win, though, because they're jamming too many storylines in. He wants to impress the girl and be famous. And if he literally just had the kids' movie part, I think you could like not, you could make some humor. You could make it work. Or if it was like, hey, I'm all about the fame and get my ass kicked, I'm going to quit because I, I don't have the fame. You could have done that. But instead, they were like, he's trying for both, and uh, why not? Here we go. While walking, the kiddos, they spot their hero in the street and ask him to take a picture. But the hero refuses and embarrasses Ignacio by pushing him down the street. I was wondering if the children could get a signature from you and maybe a picture. We're supposed to presume that like this luchador is like the equivalent of like a Patrick Mahomes level famous person. Yeah, he's he's can, that guy. Can you imagine if a kid walked up to Patrick Mahomes was like, "Hey man, can you autograph?" And a small group of people saw him shove that man to the ground? Listen, the kids are our fans. They like you. You are the best. Everyone was like, "Yeah, good one, Ramsey. You nailed it." Like what? What? He just pushed a monk to the ground. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be on Twitter guy. in a second, man. Yeah. That'd be all over Twitter. Especially when the guy. I mean. Ignacio is wearing his monastery costume, uh-huh. so he is, you know, this guy doesn't know that he's a fellow wrestler. He's looking at him like, hey, I'm a fellow religious figure. I come up to you nicely. Hey, can you meet these kids? Can you take a picture with these kids? He completely disregards them. and complete, Then he's like, hey, they're orphans. Like, please take a picture with them. And he just pushes them down. They made that guy unnecessarily mean when he didn't have to be mean. He didn't have to be an asshole here. He could have been cool and just taking a picture with the kids. He didn't have to do that. Our pair sneaks into an exclusive party while Jis 
Esquilito can actually get in. He goes up to the top wrestler and says that he wants to be a pro. And he is given a proposition, also spotting a lovely young lady. Some say wrestlers make bad lovers. That they save themselves for their ring. Ignacio sneaks in with the band. The two men are outside with the knife and they threaten our tag team and the encounter is diffused by an ear of corn. This was the only fight that they actually won. The only fight that they won in this entire movie were with the knife-wielding goons outside like it was the Warriors. I do have two fun facts about this scene. First, and, foremost, fact. first and foremost, the guy who portrays Ramsey is actually the son of a luchador fighter and was doing luchador fighting like outside of the movie, and he tragically died of a heart attack during a performance in London. Oh, man. Very, very sad. Second fun fact, Jack Black, the singing scene, where he like just like sings like the, oh, Ramsey's going to win, in the script it just says, Jack Black sings. The whole thing is ad-libbed. It, <laughs> there was no script. This is the one part of the movie I laughed. You mentioned earlier how the eagle thing made you laugh. That was, that was funny to me. This is the one part where I laugh, where the girl is clearly all over that guy, and she's like, I have secret tunnels throughout the house. And he's like, what? And then she burrows through this little tunnel, <laughs> and he pops out of different tunnels screaming as she grabs him by the leg, and he runs over there with the bass or the cello or whatever trying to get her off him. I thought that scene was I actually that was the first time I laughed in the movie is that woman chasing him through the tunnel the scene. Almost over. He's just, <laughs> he's just now about to laugh. John. I was about to say, I mean, I thought the, the song part was actually kind of funny to me. That was one of the few parts where I was kind of like, okay, I mean, that's kind of funny. You know, he's sitting there having to make up these lyrics or whatever. But, I mean, back to the corn thing. Are we just glossing over the fact that the man threw a corn with like sour cream on it or something and just stabbed a guy's eye out. I mean <laughs> like that he just dri- the eye is gone. He's Josh Allen accuracy. Man. Yes. Anthony Richardson, elite level prospect. <laughs> yes. He should have been a football player to hell with this wrestling thing. He should have been a football player. So the two men are outside with the knife, they get threatened, they defuse it by being Patrick Mahomes. By murder. The kids don't have breakfast because Ignacio was out cruising the town. He and Esquilito get into a fight because Esquilito says that he hates orphans, and now their tag team splits up. I kind of thought Esquilito was an orphan. Like, he didn't really seem like somebody who had the best home life growing up. He's now just a streetwalker. He's just walking around stealing people's tortilla chips. He doesn't have a shirt when we first meet him. How does he hate orphans when we don't know where his peoples are? Yeah, and the way he says it, he goes, I hate orphans. I hate all the orphans in the world. I'm like, what? Who hates every single one of them? I know what he's trying to do because he's angry about the, you know, I'm not going to do this wrestling match thing, but you have to scream out you hate all the orphans in the world? Is that supposed to be funny that you hate every orphan? It, it That whole thing was weird. And you're right. He he was we we meet him by him stealing tortilla chips. We presume he's homeless in some capacity. What kind of homeless person's like? Oh, I'm above the orphans. The trash. Come on. I mean, he he ate the tortilla chips multiple times. Remember, he leaves the trap so he can then see him again. And he was just eating the tortilla chips just off the ground. Like mm-hmm. we we don't know this guy's home situation. He does. He he came. I was very homeless. Yeah, but you guys are missing an important part of this. He's been on the come up, man. He's been making that money. He's got a, He's he's walking around buying all the fancy stuff at the little shops in the village he got a little taste of it and now he just he can't be associated with those orphans anymore he is he has risen beyond that level that's the problem nacho libre comes clean to his little booth thing about his extracurriculars he then goes to pray about why he's so trash at wrestling he then catches on fire and underneath his outfit they spot his wrestling tights he finally admits his secret and what he plans on doing with the money 
But big shot, Nacho Libre continues to lose. This part made me laugh, too. So we get the scene where he prays, like, hey, I want to be good at wrestling. I want to help the little ninos. The fire happens. We now find out that he is Nacho Libre. He has to leave the monastery. At that point, this is when he should turn the corner and start winning. Like, his secret is out. Mm-hmm. Nope, just kept kept losing. <laughs> just, kept, just kept losing. That was funny. I laughed. I, I don't know if I would say funny, but I would oh. say at least it was a curveball and something I was not expecting. That's fair. Yes. He now leaves the monastery, and the little man gives Ignacio his sword before he goes. Where are you going? There is no place for me in this world, Chanchito. I don't belong out there, and I don't belong in here. So I'm going into the wilderness, probably to die. Well, you might need this. My mother gave it to me before she died. It was her lucky machete. You can have it. Now our hero, Ignacion slash Nacho Libre, a.k.a. Jack Black, is now alone in the desert. But our friend Esquilito shows up, and he gives him some great news. Well, the winner of the Royal Rumble is now out with an injury, and Nacho Libre has a chance to step up and fight the top dog, Ramsey. Our friend then gives the nun a letter. I laughed at the letter. I thought the letter was kind of funny. The hugs and kisses. I, I, little I kisses, little hugs. That was, it wasn't bad. I didn't have a hearty laugh. I had a chuckle. I had a chuckle during the letter. I had a chuckle during the scene where uh, Esquilito shows up and he's like, how did you find me? He's like, you're, you're just outside the village. <laughs> I, I, I like that kind of chuckle. That's why I'm like, oh, yeah, he didn't, he didn't really, didn't really want to run into the wilderness. But, yeah, I mean, the letter was just okay. I mean, I also feel like the whole love story was kind of not great. So I was like, oh, great. He has to write a letter to her? Why? Why can't you just go talk to her? They're still in the monastery together, but that's I not wasn't never complaining when she was on the screen. Whenever she was on the screen, that was normally one of the better parts of the movie. She was very nice to look at. Yeah, but am I really supposed to buy that after one little meeting of toast, one little meeting to break bread, that she's going to take that letter and stick it under her pillow and be sleeping next to it? Like, I, I, again, underdeveloped, underdeveloped storyline. They didn't do enough with it. We're getting ready for a big fight with the massage and a musical number from Jack Black. Did you guys laugh at the song of Jack Black getting ready for the for the wrestling match? No. Was this a part that was funny to you? No, I liked the song the first time. I did not like it this time at all. We got the final showdown. Nacho Libre's mask comes off, but he summons the strength when the kids and the nuns shows up. He wins. That is the end of Nacho Libre. This movie had mixed reviews from the critics. On Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an approving rating of 40% based on 166 reviews, but the average rating is 5.1 out of 10. The consensus states, quote, at times hilarious, other times offensive. Director Jared Haas is unable to recapture the collective charisma of his Napoleon Dynamite characters and instead relies on a one-joke concept that runs out of steam. Sure to entertain the adolescents, however. Very fair review, by the way. I didn't like this movie as an adolescent. I didn't like this movie in 2006. I blame both of you for bringing this movie back into my life. I remembered I didn't like Nacho Libre, but I told myself, hey, you know what? I'm going to give it a try because this is Kurt's favorite movie. That's what I was told. (laughs) I was told that this was your favorite movie. I was told that this was your coming to America. This was your wedding crashers. This was your 40-year-old virgin. That's what I was told. So I was willing to give it another try because of our friendship. But you led me astray. 
See, how dare you? I would never besmirch the great Cinco de Mayo by throwing out a Jack Black playing a Latino person, uh, luchador, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I would never do that. I would never do such a thing. How dare you? I will say this movie was terrible. That review is fair. The guy who wrote Napoleon Dynamite tried to recapture that magic. He failed. He keeps doing the same joke over and over again, which is basically fat guy in a little coat, but it's fat guy can't wrestle. That's the same joke over and over again. We get it with the training montage. We get it when he gets his ass whooped in the ring all the time. And no character got developed. None of the other characters had moments where it's humorous or funny. It, It is perfectly said by that reviewer. It's Napoleon Dynamite, but worse. But they got some cheap fat guy jokes in there. And maybe as like a 12, 13-year-old, your first PG-13 movie, you might be like, oh, you know, they cursed, and this is kind of funny. You might get some chuckles. But I don't, I don't think it's funny at any juncture. Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times writes, quote, it takes some doing to make a Jack Black comedy that doesn't work, but Nacho Libre sure does it. <laughs> That's the thing here. You got to really think about how, think this is peak Jack Black. So, I mean, you got peak Adam Sandler, you got peak Will Ferrell. I mean, there's certain comedians like this is your moment, this is your time. We're supposed to look at Nacho Libre as, hey, this is a shining achievement in Jack Black's career. The fact that all three of us, I graduated in 06. When did you graduate, Rob? 09. 09. When did you graduate, Kurtz? 07. I mean, we're all in this same time frame. The fact that three different people doesn't like this movie is an indictment on how do you have the person that made Napoleon Dynamite and one of the hottest actors and comedians in the world, how do you not completely knock this movie out of the park? This should have been a grand slam. Not a home run. This should have been a grand slam. Yeah, and, uh, well, even just give, give me, like, a double, you know? How about just hit something to the gap? Give me something to left center. It, it wasn't there at all. I mean, Jack Black was, like, on that level at the time where I would have just seen anything that he made. Uh, I really like Tenacious D. Uh, I, You know, maybe not now, but at that point, Tenacious D was, like, hilarious. And so I was... I was all bought into Jack Black, but they just completely wasted it. You're right. It had the ingredients. It had the Napoleon Dynamite feel, the Napoleon Dynamite director, Jack Black at the peak of his powers, a concept that at that time hadn't been done. It was kind of different and fun. It it should have worked. Maybe your point about hitting a double or a grand slam, it should have at least had maybe not you know like the cult following Napoleon Dynamite has because it has a huge cult following, but it should have had a group of people that were like, I found this funny. It seems like it's been widely panned. So it, I'm not saying that... It can't be on this podcast, but it should have had a group of people that bumped it above a six if it did anything right. It didn't hit a double. It didn't hit a single. It struck out looking, and they had the bat on their shoulders. It's a big fail by everyone involved. Well, can I just say, though, is it a fail if it tripled what they put into it? I mean, this man, what is this, Jared whatever, the guy that made this movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jared has. He's, he's laughing from a freaking mansion somewhere, right? No, he's in a McMansion just being like, whatever, guys, I made $90 million on this thing. Yeah, no, that that's fair. But again, I mean, there's certain like legacy pieces. Like, this should have been Jack Black's Tommy Boy. This should have been Vince Vaughn at the peak of his powers. I made Wedding Crashers. You know, like, this had... You got the hottest actor. You got the hottest comedy director. Like, this should have been your movie. Because I would really love to see Jack Black's career. So this is kind of a lead-up to Nacho Libre. I'd love to see, like, read off the next three or four movies after Nacho Libre and kind of how they do. Well, real quick, I was looking it up. You mentioned, like, the rich director thing. I will say, after does Nacho Libre, he does a bunch of stuff no one's ever heard of. Nothing. Okay, so, like, so he tanked him. All right. So listen, maybe maybe he still had you know, all that money, and you're right. He's rich somewhere, and you're like, hey, congrats on being the wealthiest person. But 
The next movie he's made that I even have heard of is Masterminds, that Jason Sudeikis movie that was straight to streaming in 2016, 2017. So Jared has had one idea. Let's keep it real. Jared has uh-huh. had one completely orig- original idea, and there are not a lot of com Like, for our generation, there's not another comedy like Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. He then tried to do the sequel to Napoleon Dynamite, and it just it, it it didn't connect from a critical standpoint. Sure, the box office won; it won off the hype, all of that. This is not a movie that has stood up seventeen years later. It just it just hasn't stood up. I want to read you guys this review. Uh, Mick LaSalle of the San Francisco Chronicle thought the comedy was hit or miss with good bits, but was severely interrupted by dead patches. That is a very fair. Very fair review for Nacho Libre. Yeah, I think that's... I mean, we all in this room felt like the humor had more dry patches than success patches. We were all joking about when the first time we laughed this movie was, so not a great sign. I mean, if you... Holding up to comedy classics is unfair, but like, if you love Anchorman, you can identify pretty quickly when you laugh in that movie. It's probably like the first five minutes. You lo- me and you love Wedding Crashers. Who doesn't? First five or ten minutes, you're laughing hard at that movie. This movie... I thought my first laughs at the 45, 50 minute mark. That is not the sign that those are more than dry patches. That is a Sahara desert of comedy for a movie that's supposed to be comedic. Yeah, I mean, like, Super Bad is my favorite comedy. And I can remember walking into that thing and laughing, like, harder than I had ever laughed in my life, like, five minutes in. I mean, what even what is the hardest that you laughed at this point? I don't remember, like, having, like, a belly laugh. It was just, you know, there were some chuckles every mm-hmm. now and then. That was, that, the chuckles of the scene where he goes through the tunnels at the party is the high water mark. And even then, I was kind of like, Okay, like there are movies where like for too bad for you, where you're laughing so hard if you're rewatching it, you pause. You're like, hold on, I gotta, I gotta regather, I gotta regain. There's still a movie to watch. That we never even flirted with that moment in this movie. Yeah, I mean, this seems like a movie to me that if Jack Black watched today, he probably goes back and says, "Man, why did I make that movie?" You know what I mean? Like, what? Why did I do that? Even though you made a lot of money off of it, the budget was 35. It was a commercial success. This is a movie now that if you watch, you're like, this, this isn't one of my best works. You know, like. Along that same vein, like Will Ferrell did Anchorman, that you look back and that movie holds up 20 years later. This, this movie just, this movie misses the mark to me. This is where we give out our awards when a hero comes along. Give me a person, thing, or scene that you thought tried to save this movie from being poorly rated. I'm, I might be thinking for everyone here. Can we just say the attractive nun? That is, that is the best part of the movie. The attractive nun. I don't know what else she's in. I was looking her up. She's in a couple episodes of Narcos, so that's cool, but, I, she's an Army of the Dead, which I never saw. I, in a bunch of movies I've never seen before. This is basically the only time I've ever seen her in film, and the attractive nun is the high water mark. No, Rob, I need you to look up. Uh, give, give me the name of Little Man. I need Little Man. That, <laughs> I did like him. He, he, that, to me, is the, that's the only saving part. I like that he was recurring. I like that he's just every time like something's happening, he just shows up around the corner. Like the first time he's putting on his, his tights or whatever, the whole thing in the room, the kid's just all of a sudden just standing there staring at him in the hallway, and then he gives up his mom's machete. Like that, that kid clearly is the highlight of the movie. I think it was Chon- Choncho. Okay, Darius yeah. Rose is Choncho. There you go. We okay. think that little boy's name is Darius <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> it is Darius Rose, yep. <laughs> that little boy's name is not Darius. I refuse to believe yeah, it. Yeah, this, this is the guy, right? There's, there's, old, there's little yeah. Darius, yeah. All right, my bad, little Darius. My bad, little D. <laughs> Darius my bad, Rose. bro. My bad. I'm with John here. I think if the movie goes down one of these two roads, I think we'll both think the movie's better. If it fully develops the kid and the closeness of the kid looks up to Nacho Libre and eventually wants to be Nacho Libre, I think the movie is better. 
if they do a better job developing the love triangle between the two monks and the one attractive nun. Like, they didn't really do a good job serving either of those storylines, and I think the movie really suffers from it. If they had picked one of those two lanes, make the two fight over the woman or really lean into this kid and the kid knows his secret, but the kid really wants to go be Nacho Libre because he's an orphan. He wants to live a better life for himself. That's how I would have improved the movie. So I'm going to give you, I'm actually on both of you guys' side. I think those are the only two redeemable characters in this entire movie. The attractive nun and, uh, little Darius. <laughs> those little little, Dar- little I mean, D. What if Darius, he showed up in the last scene? Like just have Darius come out and like trip the guy, trip the big bad dude at the end and like he plays a role in him winning and then he gets to take over and like beat maybe he's his new tag team partner he can be a little little lucha after that that's a better movie i just wrote a better movie right there you wrote a better ending the ending just seemed to happen it was like and over i'm like okay (laughs) it just ended like that man (laughs) here's where we get to our doing too much give us a person thing or scene that you thought was doing a little bit too much storylines there's too many I'm not saying the Kevin James movie is good, but we've seen that movie done, and it's done okay. There's the What Fame and Fortune movie. I bet that movie could be done. It could be okay. There could be the I Want to Get the Girl Love Triangle. I'm going to be a luchador thing. You could have done that, and it would have been done okay. Instead, they were like, let's just jam all of them into one film, and let's see what happens, and they didn't do any of them well. There are too many storylines, and I just end the storylines with the main character. I'm going to go back to the montage scene, because that's like... That should be a staple of the movie. That should be a very memorable thing. That should be a really key like moment to grab some laughs. And we all sat here and said, like, it was just not funny. You said, see, that was the moment you knew the movie wasn't for you. Like, it had the exact opposite effect of what it is supposed to do. Like, Rocky, man. You remember the Rocky training montage. That's, like, the first thing that comes to mind when I think of that movie. They completely, completely botched what should have been a layup there. I'm going to go the actual wrestling scenes. Like, I think back to Blades of Glory, for example. Like, Blades of Glory is not a great movie by any means. Blades of Glory did a really good job of nailing the figure skating scenes. Mm -hmm. It's a really good job. Like, they look cool. They're funny. Did a really good job of it. This movie doesn't even nail the wrestling part of it. Like, it's not a great comedy and the wrestling scenes aren't even that memorable. So I'm going to go with that. I'm going to give that my doing too much award. Like, at a minimum, if you're going to be a Mexican wrestling movie, we got to leave thinking, man, the wrestling scenes were really good. They were fun. They were entertaining. I mean, hell, we did semi-pro. The basketball scenes are cool. The basketball mm-hmm. scenes are fun. You at least got to get that part right. So I got to give that one my doing too much Kurtz, this movie got a 5.8 on IMDb out of 90,000 votes. Too much, too little, just right. So 5.8 out of 10? 5.8 mm-hmm. out of 10. What are people doing, man? That is way too much. Way too much. I mean, I'm like, we're in the twos or the threes here. I, this is just a total miss for me. I, I mean, I see Rob's reaction. Two or three is very, I mean, I gave Mac and Devin a two, which is basically just a 90-minute uh, music video. So you don't have, it's like, like the pizza reviews. I've done enough of these where I'm like, two is very hard. Right, you know what? You know what? I feel bad for Lil Darius's sake. I'll go three. We're there going go. three <laughs> for my man Darius. For, I will go three. Just for Lil D. I'm going to give this a 4.9. I think this is the worst movie that we've done so far. For our 10th episode, this is the worst movie that we've done. Mac and Devin is in its own. We didn't even number Mac and Devin. Yeah, it doesn't really count. Own. It was a bonus. It doesn't count. This is the worst movie that we've done so far. 5.8 is way too high. I mean, think about it. Last week we did Wedding Planner. Wedding Planner got a 5.3 and this got a 5.8. 
I would watch Wedding Planner three times in a row before I watched this movie one time. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe it got a five point. This movie's a four point nine. I agree, it's too much. I'm, I was actually thinking four eight when you first said it because that Napoleon Dynamite humor doesn't really hit for me personally, so that's a knock it down. And they do it bad, and there's too much going on. I was gonna say four eight. The fact that I, the fact this movie's you know half point better than The Wedding Planner is astonishing. This. This is the worst movie we've done, and it's not close. And, you know, you always say there's a good movie in there somewhere. It's got to kind of work to see what they were trying to do. You have to really, really work to find this to be a good movie. There's there's almost no redeeming qualities, but still I'm not going to give it a two. Two is, two is harsh. You're just hating <laughs> Two is there. real harsh. Kurtz, can we agree to bring you back for another movie? I feel bad that this was your movie, that your first entry in this podcast was a movie that none of the three of us like. Can we get you to come back this summer and we'll find a movie that you like, and maybe you have a better experience on the Bad Movies Worst Opinions podcast. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you guys owe me that. No, I mean, 100%. That, like, we owe you guys absolutely owe me that. We owe you that. We'll have yeah. you on here. Let's get through our regular scheduled guests that we have now. And the next time we have a free opening, you will get the first right of refusal for another movie. Okay, and no holidays. I don't have to, like, associate it with any sort of upcoming holiday. Can I also just That's fair. That? Okay. Okay. You're, you're our guy. We love you. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel bad that we got you associated with Nacho Libre. This is the Bad Movies Worst opinions podcast where we only watch movies that are rated below a 6.0 on imdb we believe that everybody has a favorite bad movie do us a favor give us a review give us five stars do all of those things next week too fast too furious that is our next entry into the bad movies worst opinions podcast kurtz i want to send another formal apology from the bad movies crew that we apologize to you and you know what we're going to do better by you I appreciate that. You know what? I put my faith in you guys. Let's make it happen.